Welcome to The Missing Link, a podcast where crypto and insurance come together. I'm Dan Roberts, and my co-host is Danielle Wall-Elliott. Whether you're in crypto, traditional finance, or in need of a new podcast, The Missing Link will help you explore the vital role that insurance plays in crypto and how blockchain will disrupt insurance. Join us on our journey to find The Missing Link. Okay, hi everyone. Today on the episode of The Missing Link, we have Kevin Depatoul, uh, CEO and co-founder of Keyrock, uh, a really exciting market maker in the space. Um, he rated himself a little higher on the crypto side than the insurance side, so certainly another expert uh, in crypto. Uh, he spoke about how it was raising $72 million in a very turbulent market, uh, we particularly enjoyed our conversation around tokenizing illiquid assets. He focused on carbon credits there. Uh, and of course, he gives us his thoughts on the missing link, uh, of which he gave two, uh, and we allowed just this once. Uh, it was a great discussion, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Enjoy episode number two. All right. Hi, everyone. And hi to Kevin. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. How are things? Well, good. Very good. Thank you for having me. All good. Yeah. No, you're very well, very welcome. Um, so, uh, yeah, for our listeners, Kevin is the CEO of Keyrock. Uh, Keyrock, uh, as well as being uh, an investor in names, uh, is a, I would say, uh, up and coming, but I feel like you guys have, have arrived at this point, uh, particularly given your recent announcement, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, really, uh, really positive uh, activity. Uh, for the space, it's great to see the progress there. So, congrats! I thought you know the first question could really be, what does a a current day uh, on this Friday look like for you as a post Series B founder? Um, I mean, it's uh, it's busy, right? But it's uh, busy in a in a good sense. I think that 2022 was uh, was busy but hectic, right? Uh, hopefully, yeah. 2023 now is shipping up to be a. Uh, I wouldn't say stable, right? Nothing is ever stable in crypto, and especially not when you're when you're growing fast as a uh, as a company. So I guess it's uh, it's busy but exciting. Uh, that's how I would uh, I, I would um, sum it up. And yeah, I mean, clearly I, I still consider us as you know up and coming. Mm-hmm. I think that there's uh, you know when you look at the the level of of ambition that we have, but that you have most likely as well for this market. I think that the entire industry is still very much up and coming compared compared to where it aims to be so yeah we had some some good news uh, last year for sure uh, that's kind of the you know um, but it's just a mean to an end right and the end is still very very far away so we still have a lot of things to build to be the way we want to be as a market maker and a liquidity provider in, in in the space so still very much up and coming which means that hopefully there's going to be many more days that are busy and exciting nice. great. well Let thanks for making time for us on your uh friday here and you know, we like to, you know, the missing link for us is a, a journey to discuss with leaders in the crypto space. Not only, you know, obviously our take is where crypto and insurance meet, um, but really we want to know what is the missing link and, and what does the crypto space need? Um, but to start off, we want to ask each of our guests to rate themselves, you know, on a one to 10 scale on their crypto knowledge um, and then a one to 10 scale on their insurance knowledge. So what would you rate yourself? Uh, so you, you had as the first guest some uh, uh, someone very very knowledgeable on crypto mm-hmm. already, right? So what what did they say actually? Because I, I I didn't check that answer before. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah, so, 
Steven no had a great way to uh, assess it. No comparing. He's like, if Vitalik is a 10, what am I? And I was like, oh, man, I should have used that scale for myself. Oh, yeah. we, we rated ourselves on the intro episode as well. Yeah. So, yeah, if you take that, I mean, it's, I don't know, Vitalik uh, uh, a 10 and, um, and my grandmother a uh, 1 in terms of crypto, then I am probably put myself at, I don't know, 7. You know, that sounds probably about right. So I'd say 6, 7 on insurance. My grandmother might actually know more than me, so I, I, I might be more of two or three to be to be honest there. That's one industry that I still need to, to learn a lot on. I guess that what I do know about it is through through you guys. So there's still still some education to be done on that front. Okay. We should get your grandma on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> on the Maybe she has some some insights. Um yeah, amazing. So what what was that? That was a seven and a three for crypto and, and then insurance. Excellent. Um, well, yeah, I would love to to dive into this positive news. I feel like when we first connected, which was a while ago now, um, you were telling the story of how Kirok began, which I believe was as a, a trading algorithm. Is that correct? Yeah, so we started, uh, indeed, so Kirok, we're, we're a market maker, liquidity provider. So at, at the heart of what we do is uh, algorithmic trading. Right. So uh, I founded the company with, with Juan David and Jeremy. Um, five years ago now, so it was end of 2017. Um, and for us, the, the starting point was really to, to understand why, you know, why are digital assets and actually back then, why are just crypto? Why is it popular? Uh, when we started to, to talk a lot with Juan and Jeremy, it was in the, in the course of 2017, ICOs were just exploding. It was like, okay, why, why is this so popular? There had to be something else than just, you know, the, the potential to do a hundred X on a, on a stupid, on a stupid coin, right? There had to be something there. And we figured that that something was, the potential liquidity that you have when you tokenize an asset. So when uh, you transform a, an asset into a form that is fully digital, you have something that is potentially a lot more liquid. Uh, but at the same time, we saw that on the market, liquidity is very, you know, as it's decentralized or part of it is decentralized, you have something that is very fragmented. And so liquidity is actually an issue. So you had, we saw liquidity as both kind of a, the, a very big D main added value of tokenizing asset, but a very big you know, challenge on the market is really putting the two together that led us to to create Kirok, so as a, with the vision to empower tokenized economies and to build a system that would allow us to provide liquidity at a large scale to, to digital assets. So that's kind of how we got started. And the first week into that is indeed a, a trading a trading algo to you know start bridging you know between between exchanges, strike bridging between exchanges and OTC desk and so on and start really kind of you know pulling the liquidity and being I'm not going to say missing link, but you know one of the uh, intro link in, in that market. So that's kind of how how we got started five five years ago. I think that when we met um, was we we had just uh, raised uh, first round uh, around four four point five millions uh, a couple a couple years back, maybe three years now, and uh, and indeed so that grew a bit a bit larger last last year with our with our Series B to allow us to continue to to grow even faster. For sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, I for our listeners, the Series B, I believe, was a seventy-two million dollar round with uh, with six uh, Ripple uh, middle game, who I know of uh, being with you in a previous round as well. So, some really exactly. top investors there. I think you know what is probably pretty appealing uh, as investors uh, about a market maker is that you know a hot market, a quiet market, um, you know, side down up market makers are still, you know, totally valid. Obviously you benefit from, uh, from liquidity in the space, but that's always required those players. So, 
you know, what was that process like of putting a, a big round together? I imagine it started before, you know, lots of the negative news and finished after lots of the negative news of last year. How was that yeah. pro process from start to finish? Yeah, more or less. So we started around around May. Um, we started around, mm -hmm. around May, May, June. I think the, the discussion, I think yeah, more, more May. But I think that, yeah, the, the market was just horrendous the entire year. But there's mm -hmm. basically two main things that allow us to... Um, to um, to, to put this round together. One, if you look at our, our investors, so you have in these uh, six fintech ventures and middle game, they were co-leading our, our previous round, so they know us you know, very well. Mm -hmm. And then you have Ripple um, that leads, uh, that led this round. They, they were not an investor before, but they've been client of ours for you know, three, three and a half years. So again, they know us uh, mm -hmm. very well. They know the service that we provide. They know how our tech works and so on and so forth. So having those investors that know you very well, you kind of take away a lot of the asymmetry of information, so to speak, and therefore you really decrease the impact of you know the overall market condition. So because they know exactly who you are, it's not just a game of of of, of bluffing. So that's that's one. The second thing that allows us to put this together is also the the track record that we have. I mean, we launched the company in, in 2017, and we've been growing growing uh, uh, every year. And so that's you know established also a bit. Of, you add that with the fact that the our investors know us very well. Put those together allow us to. Uh, to to raise this round and yeah as you mentioned the uh, a market maker a liquidity provider is, is something that is needed in, in all market conditions so really kind of the the investment thesis here is one do you believe that digital assets are here to stay and i mean i guess i'm not, not going to have a lot of controversy around that in, in in this right but yeah there's a very strong belief of, on that do you believe that those assets are going to be traded and yeah, of course, that's why they tokenize in the first place to make them easier to trade. So if you put those two things together, there's a very strong case for, for, for market makers and liquidity providers because that's exactly what we're here for, to make it easier to get in and out of position and to make markets more liquid. So you know, basically those things allowed us to, to, to get that race together last year. And so we started in May, it, it, it closed in, uh, in October, so just before um, the latest real blow up of the year. Um, mm. And yeah, so it was a good timing, definitely. For sure. Well, yeah, no, congratulations there again. You know, I guess, I guess the final one on the round uh, was really, you know, putting a round together of that kind of scale. It's very interesting to hear that, well, A, to existing investors, but also a user of your platforms, uh, obviously a very uh, positive way of doing it. I think that asymmetry of information is so key. Uh, you know, names went through our own funding round in the, you know, height of the the bull market in 2021. Um, and you do realize, you know, perhaps how, uh, you know, much corner cutting goes on with investors if they're trying to get into deals and, uh, you know, get into particular projects and you start to see those, you know, those companies and those investors wash away when uh, when things go down. So it's great to have that relationship with, uh, with your investors. Um, how, what sort of resources did it take on the, uh, from the team? Is it a, a solo uh, Kevin Reyes with with partners and investors is it a big team effort? How does that go? No, I mean it's 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 always a it's always a team effort, right? But um, I mean I was always the the counterpart in the discussions with all investors. That's something that that I do. But then of course uh, to make sure that you know I don't speak nonsense during those discussions. There's a lot of team efforts, you know, behind it with basically all the teams. And then you know as the the, the discussions kind of progress, there's also uh, due diligence that actually was, was done that was done in you know in our office with discussion with other team members so definitely it, uh, it's it's very much of a, of a team effort yes awesome well we get to work with a lot of that team and uh and thoroughly enjoying it so uh yeah congrats again
Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, Juan David at a, a conference and he was saying like, you know, just tokenization in general. And then he was like saying like tokenization of the capital for insurance, you know, markets. And I'm like, yes, that's us, you know, like so excited getting <laughs> hyped, you know, hearing him. So you know, we're, we've been enjoying uh, working with you guys. Um, you know, my question for you is, you know, you're a market maker, you get to engage with such a variety of different crypto projects and businesses in our ecosystem. You know, what is your selection criteria of who you actually work with and who you accept on um, the market making strategies? So the, the, the first one is actually very, <laughs> very, uh, it would, you would think it's a rather low bar to clear, but actually it, it has actually worked as a, as a filter is who is, who is in this to build things right. Um, and so basically who's willing to do with us, you know, a full KYC process, uh, a proper, a proper onboarding, who is regulated in what jurisdiction and how, you know, why are, why are they here? What is their, their target with what they're building and how, how long term are they aiming? So that's, that's one, that's definitely a, one one big criteria that we had on uh, you know on our sales deck since 2017 uh, saying that we um we don't do um we don't do pumps and dumps we don't do uh, uh wash trading we don't trade against ourselves we don't take uh volume targets blah, blah. all this stuff you know we say yeah it's sounds about reasonable but it actually it was you know side one in our deck to make sure that we were only working with um with uh with actors that are aligned to that that, that vision of the market so that's that's the first um after that i mean of course it's um we want to make sure that we we work with projects that are that are that are ambitious you know that that have uh, an ambitious long-term vision for their uh for, for their their project you know itself and therefore for their market as a, a neighbor of that um other than that we don't have as a company um kind of i mean at least for the support that we provide on the market making we don't have a specific kind of vertical that we that we only work with or others that we never work with uh, our purpose for us as a cell vision is to empower tokenize uh, economies and that can take very different shape or form as long as we have you know projects that are aligned in the way to do things you know and kind of the doing things right so to speak and that i have a very high ambition in, in doing so for us it's project that we want to be working with and do you have you found any trends recently? Has anything changed since you know the big blowups of last year and the trends of the projects that you're you're um, working with? Yeah, I mean, definitely, the, it's a bit of a it's a tougher market, right? Uh, lots of the the projects, especially the ones that are on the on, on the on the smaller side, uh, they they struggle a bit more. So, I mean. With, uh, with price falling, that means for some of them the, the treasury is, uh, has been you know, melting as well. Mm -hmm. It's harder to to raise funds. It's harder. It's harder to do everything. So that's definitely something that that we see uh, that the, the market is a bit uh, is a, is a bit is a bit more challenging. Very clearly, are you seeing that? You know, everyone says, "Well, pe people build in the bear markets." Do you do you agree with that? Do you feel that that's happening right now? Yeah, I I agree, but that's something that you actually realize after it, right? It's not. Right. Uh, it's usually you say that at the beginning of the of the bear market number number two or number in this case number X because you've seen the result of the previous ones, right? So um, yeah, I think that's of course there's less there's less place for for fuss and nonsense because you know times are are, are tougher and so people focus more on 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 their project, their tech, their business, which is why it's something that, you know, basically bears, bears fruit uh, afterwards, which definitely ends up being a, a net positive, a, a net positive for the, for the industry. Yeah, I for sure. Like, 
I feel like the sentiment on people building a bear market is really those that are building in a bear market were building in a bull market as well and always have been. And it's just in the bull market yeah. you get all of the, you know, the frantic activity from, you know, lots of new players that aren't around. So um, you're just yeah, left being able to view the people who are building in these sort of more bearish times. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's less distractions. Everybody else is gone. Yeah. 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 And who would have thought a bear market would be, uh, you know, Bitcoin at 25? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember big parties going on when it hit 10K, so uh, progress is being made for sure. That's, that's, that's curious. You know, one of our hypotheses is that the next wave of crypto will be centered around the tokenization of illiquid assets. Some people say the tokenization of real world assets. Um, you know, do you agree? And what, what is, you know, Keyrock's take? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, it's uh, like I, I'm convinced that down the line, every single asset will be digital. Not because, I mean, I don't want to get too political, right? And, and that's not really driven. It's not only driven by um, a belief around decentralization and so on, but just simply because it's a better system. If you have an asset that is digital, it's simply easier to trade. It's easier to to clear and settle. It's faster. It's cheaper. So, no matter where you stand on the on the political uh, spectrum and why you're behind this, if you look purely at the numbers, it's a better way to represent value. So, starting from that, I think that down the line, all assets will be will be digital, and that's really something that we uh, we have believed uh, uh, very very strongly. The reason why we built this company with kind of you know scale in mind, I think that. Thousands and thousands of, of assets would be fully, fully, uh, fully digital. So, uh, what is interesting is uh, is to see that more and more people tend to agree. And you know, uh, guys like uh, like Larry Fink, they do manage a, a, a bit of money at BlackRock, and they see the organization as the the very the very big next next thing. So, it's it just makes it just makes economical sense basically. So, it's definitely something that uh, that they agree with. That down the line, all value would be represented by. Uh, by uh, by a token and it would be fully digital. And you said it makes economic sense. I think that's kind of my argument as well is just in crypto, we've had these yield farming. We've had some, you know, in my mind, little fakey yields and fake returns. Um, you know, I think that's part of the Terra Luna crash. There's, there's these yields that don't seem to actually represent anything. But if we can tokenize real world assets, we get real world yields too. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's just, I mean, the, the number of use cases is, is just infinite. Like, uh, like, why would you tokenize a stock? It's like, can I buy half a stock from you right now? I can't. If it's tokenized, I can. So yeah, it's just better. Like, why do I use stable coins all the time? It's not because I have a, uh, an innate distrust in the European Central Bank, right? It's just, it just works better. That's, that's, it's just that. So I think the, the, the number of such examples is just infinite to push the case. That's, it makes sense to digitize value the same way we digitize information and which came with a host of, of innovation that is completely, uh, that is absolutely infinite. It would be the same thing for value. Have you seen any, uh, yeah, again, kind of this question of trends. Um, have you seen any trends of real world assets being tokenized recently? I mean, the, the, the thing, but it, it's interesting because I'm uh, currently, I look a lot into a uh, carbon market. Um, I think it's, uh, it's very interesting for for multiple multiple reasons, and it, it's not some it's not a trend that was so that is specifically happening right now. There was lots of examples 
of uh, happening last year. But it's it's particularly interesting, I think, on, on this market because it shows as well that tokenization is not the panacea either. I mean, if you tokenize something that has no value, it still has no value once it's tokenized. Yeah. It's, uh, to say very bluntly, it's shit in, shit out, right? The fact that it's a token doesn't make it amazing. And in the case of the carbon market, I think it's very interesting because a very big challenge of that market is the sourcing of the actual carbon credits where, where do they come from and we see that that issue of sourcing is not resolved at all by simple tokenization uh, it, 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 there's a need for a more structural solution though it is a market that i follow very very closely looking at what uh, new uh, kind of uh, innovations are being built and there's a lot of a lot of things that you know are addressing lots of projects are addressing this issue of, uh, of sourcing and i believe that it's a uh, the perfect example of a market that would greatly benefit down the line from being fully digital because you have on the on the demand side there is like a tidal wave of demand coming up i think for all the you know obvious reasons around you know the necessary climate actions so there's a massive demand coming so you need something that is efficient and, and cheap and fast and on the supply side you have a market an asset that is very fragmented that, that lacks that lacks transparency and that is currently very hard to access. So if you put all these things you know, together, I think that having a, a fully digital carbon market is something that is tremendously uh, not only interesting, but can have a, a very you know, positive net impact, which is definitely something that makes it even more exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I feel like what's uh, cool is that the trends, let's say on every different verticals, they're not necessarily driven by the technical implementation because it's uh, you know become open source and very easy to to tokenize these things. It's being driven by the adoption, uh, and that's great. So th there's no bottleneck to adoption. Uh, it doesn't mean that everything that gets tokenized gets adopted. Um, but yeah, the ease that you can do this means that there's just a lot of innovation going on in these different spaces, which I think is very exciting. And yeah, that's we that's to our envy. You know, we focus on insurance only, whereas you guys get to look at all these different spaces, which is great. So, um, you know, we we've had discussions about uh, you know using our infrastructure for different verticals, and we've uh, we've decided to say pretty focused for now. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we we may get there. Um, you know, and, and I guess on the topic of uh you know tokenizing uh, liquid assets uh, tokenizing real world assets you know obviously in our area of insurance that's what we're doing uh, and maybe just to you know explain for some of our listeners as well we have our own network token uh called name uh you know to come this year and and uh you know key rock will be a market maker there uh, but we also tokenize the insurance pools on our network so um we uh we have these segregated accounts they run different lines of business and they have their own individual token we call them participation tokens and so you know i would love to ask you kevin around if you're looking at a new uh a new market making opportunity a new token a new liquid asset uh to to get into um you know traditionally in the insurance space that process of trading insurance exposure has been you know, riddled with an extensive legal process, you know, shareholder resolutions, large broker fees, you know, very, very manual offline uh, kind of characteristics. And, um, you know, maybe for certain reasons, as in, you know, the returns from insurance are slow and steady. Um, and you really don't 
see a huge amount of change in the risk profile day to day. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like you know some news comes out about a stock and people want to be moving in and out. Yeah, you know, I guess the question question to you is: you know, I believe that Kirok looks at all sorts of different areas and they look at asset pieces you know of interest to you. How do you assess those new kinds of areas? You know, perhaps looking at this insurance example, what would be some of the the questions that you would ask, the research that you would do around this area? Well, I think that uh, what's interesting what you described sounds a lot like you know uh, trading um, uh, trading claims to fund stock on FTX, right? Where you're going to mm -hmm. have the, the total loss is is very much unknown. Um, which you know you have lots of players actually doing this, and there's a market around that. Um, so, I mean, the thing is that for for us to be to be trading, like we we are we. we we strive to be market neutral in, in, in our activities, right? So if we would, we would start trading those assets, there needs to be a very, very strong understanding of the first, the, the, the fungibility of the risk that we take, that we take on, on, on our book and our ability to, to hedge it. And when there's kind of um, some uh, a residual risk that would remain, have a very, very deep understanding of the market to know what would be driving it, what, what were another so that we can manage that risk uh, appropriately, so I think this these are really kind of the main things that would be you know, necessary for us to be active there. Of course, once we have decided that the that there is a, a an actual opportunity, right? Like uh, that's in terms of, of trading volume and uh, and uh, and kind of you know style, size of the market and needs need for for liquidity compared to the status quo. That there is real value that we can add and actually bring something to the market. Once we you know we agree on that, then it's about okay, are we actually able to do it? And then then come the the, the questions that, that, that I just mentioned. So for things like this, it would definitely be a need for us to have a, a very strong understanding of, of of what we are trading and and how we can we can manage uh, the the risks that we take and the potentially risk residual risk that can remain on our book for longer. How we can manage it as as efficiently as possible. So I need to get my three in insurance all the way up to at least seven, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll help you get there. Yeah. You want to make sure that. Uh... You know, you you don't end up holding some massive, you know, catastrophe exposure for six months because there's no buyers, and so it's interesting to you know figure out what that might look like. I just think it's a a great um you know a great use case of tokenization that yeah. allows this you know very tradable element to get in the hands of market makers like Kirox. So we're excited to see what, what comes out of that. And just in the hands of more people in general, I think that, you know, a lot of these opportunities are so siloed to traditional finance, you know, if you have enough money connections, you know, regulation behind you protecting you that you can actually do these things, you know, that's, that's what inspires me about what we're doing. You know, a market functions when you have the least kind of resistance to capital allocation. And when you have something that is, as you mentioned, then something that is very, Kind of you know legally intensive and complicated and 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 slow and and very much you know kind of protected but not really protected but just kind of you know how, like hidden from from view there's a lot less ability to deploy capital there potentially for people that will have a, a profile of risk just suited to actually take that on right and so you have something that is that far in terms of, of efficiency and you end up with the entire market losing so what you guys are doing in, in removing those hurdles is you know of course tre tremendously valuable and once you have something that is you know easily investable and easily exchangeable so that the the, the market can actually allocate you know capital on one side or the other of the risk that's where you have a need for for players like us to to be the link and make sure that you know 
in between the time that uh, a buyer and a, and a seller, you know, come 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 with the same price in mind, we are there in the middle to kind of you know bear that risk and hopefully do that you know uh, efficiently if we know the market well enough, which we we aim to. Yeah, right. I I feel like that's that's a real key piece. Is it's almost like new technology and how legal. You know, we I say that a lot. Kind of how the legal and regulatory pieces fit into that because ultimately those pieces if they inhabit the technology inhibit the technology's utility you know you're not going to get very far but once you figure that out it's how the technology releases new kinds of behavior and so insurance is all about capacity you know increasing the capacity if there's ample capacity for a you know simple for a particular type of risk um then that's you know good for everyone and uh, apart from you know the the returns from the capital providers perhaps but it you know makes for an efficient market you know that's really a you know a, we've arrived a moment i think for for key rock and names as a partnership perhaps is um you know is seeing the technology that key rock does or you know particularly that names does enabling a, an opportunity for key rock um in the insurance industry i think that could be uh you know such a yeah, wild new um, status quo for uh, insurance. Um, so yeah, certainly excited about all of that. All right, last question. You know, this is the moment in the movie when you drop the title. So, you know, reflecting on the crypto ecosystem as a whole, what do you think is the missing link? Um, I, I think uh, I see actually two. So I don't know if it. Uh, if we'll it, allow it. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> I think the the first one for me is is still clarity, and of course, like for me, honestly, the like from all businesses, that means regulatory clarity. Uh, it's something that, and I mean, the, the recent events uh, in, in the U.S. kind of, uh, I guess, uh, illustrate that very well uh, with the the issue of, like potential banning of of staking. Right. I mean, it's a. Uh, it, it's very tough to build something ambitious and, and long-term when the, the 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 rules change all the time and where all where there's the, the rules are, are simply not there and then all of a sudden they come and there was not expected so that lack of of clarity is i think is still very much of a of a of a missing link and then the second but what is interesting that i know it's currently being forged so to speak by all the projects working on them is the actual the use that you know it's um there's lots of things on crypto that are very uh, cool to to use but that at the end of the day are very much geared to a very, a very niche portion of the population that just find fun to interact with and I do it purely for the sake of interacting with it but then what is still the you know the, the i guess the, the all the output of all those projects coming to maturity bringing a real kind of massive use that is a lot more general than just geared to the usual crypto public like what I don't think it's going to be one. I don't think it's going to be one killer app. But it's really kind of, you know, all the projects that have been building for the last three, four, five years are kind of, you know, slowly but surely coming, coming, getting there. And where at the end, people don't care if it's crypto or not. It's just that this adds value to my day-to-day life, and that's what matters. Do you think our grandmothers will find those use cases, and you know, in their lifetimes, you know, have some real-world uh, use case for crypto? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're, we're yeah, definitely. I don't think it's uh, it's decades away. I think quite quite the quite the contrary. And every every cycle brings new ones. I mean, why did my why did why was the market so depressing when it fell? You know, in in twenty eighteen is because basically it was 
there was nothing but air beneath it. Like there was nothing. It was just, you know, ICO promises, blah, 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 and then nothing. But the reality is that now the thing like also grew way too big, you know, last year it actually, it blew, but when it actually fell back on something that was there, there is usage in all those protocols. There is, you know, that those that that value locked on chain. All of this exists and is being interacted because it does provide some value still now to a, a rather, you know, rest, restricted spectrum of individuals. But I think that it's still a lot more than than three years ago. Yeah. And so I do think that when you look down the line in three years, it's just going to be a, a even much much bigger. I can't wait for that. Each each time, each each bull market, every time, you know, we get a little closer to our goals, and yeah, it's what gets me up in the morning and makes me want to continue working in this space. Definitely, I agree. It's definitely exciting. Well, Kevin, yeah, thank you so much for for joining us. I feel like uh, unless blockchain can come up with a a use for watching more pointless on the TV, my grandma won't be participating in. Uh, and blockchain, but hopefully lots of other people's grandparents. Um, it's been great to have you on. Thank you so much for your your time and your busy schedule. Congrats again to the the progress that Kirok's been making. Um, yeah, very excited to be working with you and uh, seeing how we how we get on this year. Likewise, thank you very much for for having me. It was a, a pleasure to chat, and yeah, definitely look forward to uh, to twenty twenty three and uh, and all the collaboration between Nage and Kirok that uh, that that year will bring. Perfect. Thank you. you. We're one step closer to finding the missing link. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast and be sure to come back next month. Until then, we are the missing link.